Thank you for joining Blue Collar Finance, the number one resource for all NASA and FINRA exams. This episode is going to be corporate bonds. Let's get into it. And if you want to watch the video version of it, visit me on YouTube at Capital Advantage Tutoring. Hey, this is Ken Finnan at Capital Advantage Tutoring, and it is my job to get you past the Series 7. So I've done a few of these. I'm working through the complete Series 7 series, A to Z, from beginning to end. So you can just watch this as a supplement to your reading and your questions and your vendors, whether you use Achievable, my favorite. You got STC, you have Kaplan, Pest Perfect, Notman, and you also have Training Consultants, all good vendors. Still think A8, Achievable, and STC are the top two, but Kaplan gives you some great questions too. So, so this is the new one. We're gonna talk about corporate debt. I already did fundamentals of that. I think you guys like that, I hope. So here we go, let's get on to corporate debt. So let's talk about the different types of corporate bonds. We have secured bonds. What does secured mean? Okay, so secured means that it's backed by something. Like, so if I default, if I catch tutoring issues a bond and I don't pay and I can't pay the debt, boom, they're going to sell the property. So I'm going to have some sort of property or something backing it that if I can't pay the debt, interest, principal, whatever it is, the trustee who's protecting us, protecting you, not me, that you're, you're the investor, is going to take all that property or whatever I use to secure it and sell it to pay you. So the first one is a mortgage bond. Do not get that confused with the mortgage-backed bond. A mortgage-backed security is backed by loans, mortgages. It's not a bond. A mortgage bond is backed by property, like a mortgage on a property. So if I fail, if I fail to pay, they're going to sell the property to pay you. Property. Um, equipment trust certificate is like tractors, trains, trucks, you know, tractors again, all these like equipment, and they're going to use the equipment. If I don't pay you, they're going to sell the equipment to pay what I owe you. What? And if you have more debt than what they get, more debt than what they get, it sounds like a rhyme, you become a general creditor. A collateral trust bond is where I use securities, my portfolio, stocks, bonds of other companies, obviously not my company, because if I went bankrupt, the stock would be worth shit. So collateral trust is where we're taking securities, bonds of other companies in my portfolio and using them as a lien, as a pledge against the bond. And if I fail to pay, they sell the equipment. Tell the equipment who? They sell the uh, property, security, stuff like that to pay the bond. So again, mortgage bond backed by property, equipment bond backed by equipment, you know, tractors and stuff, and collateral trust certificate, tra collateral trust bond is going to be backed by securities of other companies. So an unsecured bond is also known as a debenture. A debenture means I just promised to pay you. They call it, they sometimes they call them notes, the, the debentures. It's just a full faith promise to pay you. I promise to pay you at some point, okay? But there's no collateral. So if I fail to pay you and I get in trouble, there's nothing to help you out as far as selling it, other than you just get in line and hope there's enough money. Now let's go through the order of liquidation. So when we talk about bonds, there's an order of liquid liquidation. So first it goes wages and taxes. Very rarely will they ask that because each state does it differently. So we'll start with what they start with, secured. Secured bonds, because secured, debentures or unsecured, subordinated, which means below, preferred common. So it's secured, unsecured, subordinated, unsecured, preferred and common. They might not even have the subordinated. So it'd be secured, unsecured, preferred, common. Secured, unsecured, preferred, common. Always remember, 
preferred in common come last behind everything else. Now, in the whole world of you know, these unsecured bonds, we have what they call high yield or junk bonds. These are below the credit rating. If you remember from my last video, I had a thing about credit ratings, okay? So the credit ratings, AAA, AA, A, triple B, boom. Anything below triple B is going to be junk or high yield or non-investment grade, if you want to call it, speculative. A lot of places actually can't buy them. There are definitely some types of corporations and funds that are not that in their charter, they can only buy investment grade. That was gross. Drinking water. Ugh, I have to get used to it. This intermittent fasting is killing me. Okay. Okay. Under the debenture world, we're going to talk about a few of these. So now we have income bonds. Now, income bonds or adjustment bonds, they sound great. Like income funds are safe. Income bonds are not. Remember that income bonds are not really good. I say they're not suitable for anyone ever. Here's what happens. I have a company. I'm doing well. All of a sudden, I'm not paying my bonds. I don't have enough money. But I think I can get out of the trouble, but I have all these bonds I have to pay. So I'm going to cut a deal with the, with the investors and say, listen, if you don't let me out of this, we're going to go bankrupt and you get nothing. So I'm going to make a deal with you. Let's change the bonds around and make them what they call income bonds, where I only have to pay you when I hit a certain level of income, like $4 a share, blah, 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 whatever it is, whatever the income and the judge and you negotiate with the trustee. And we come up with a number that works. That if you make three fifty a share in two quarters in a row, you'll get a payment. The reason we do that is that if I'm making a little bit of money, I don't have to put every dime into paying you, because then I'll never get out of the hole. So this way, I get to make some money and try to pay my bills and all that other stuff. And then if I start making enough money, I can pay you. High risk, high reward. Because remember, I'm a company that just kind of went bankrupt. Not full bankrupt, but reorganization bankrupt. So okay. Then we also have it. So remember, income bonds are not good. Income funds are great. Income bonds are risky. Then there's guaranteed bonds. Guaranteed bonds are really like this. I am a bond. I'm a small company. Obviously, catch tutoring is really small company. Any of you want to help me public? I'm happy to help. Um, guaranteed bonds are like a small company like me. Maybe my credit rating isn't that good, but I have a parent company that will come and co like kind of co-sign the bond. They will guarantor the bond. It's still unsecured. It's just they're willing to pay if I don't pay, but you're going to get their credit rating. Kind of like when you bought your first car maybe and you didn't have enough credit or your first apartment and you asked your parents to co-sign so you can get a better credit rating, that kind of thing. Then we have zero coupon bonds. Zero coupon bonds do not pay interest during the life of it. What they do is they pay at the end. So a zero coupon is like, if I went to borrow money from you, I said, hey, listen, give me 50 bucks. And in two years, I'll give you back 100. So your interest you'll get at the end. That's what a zero coupon is. A zero coupon is a bond that, um, that you don't get interest until the end. It does pay interest, just not till the end, okay? So a zero coupon, you buy it at a discount, deep discount sometimes, depending how long they are. And then the interest you get is at the end. So the IRS has a little problem with those because they don't like them. The fact that they can't tax it to the end because that, that's not when you get your money. So they make you accrete the bond. And I'll try to put the video here, 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 wherever I can do it, about accretion and amortization. So accretion, oh, I think I did it on the last one, where you take the discount amount. What they're going to do is they're going to say, oh, you bought the bond for 800 and it's 10 years from now, you're going to get 1000 That's 200 bucks. The IRS is going to want you to pay a little bit of that 200 bucks every year. 
And the easiest way to do it is you take the discount amount, say 200 bucks, divide it by the number of years to maturity, say it's 10 years, 200 divided by 10. That means you're going to create 20 bucks a year, which is taxable unless it's a muni. Okay, we also have what they call step up, step down bonds. Step up bonds are um, where it starts like a coupon, like four. Say the current rates for uh, five-year bonds are like 5%. Yeah, we wish, say they were. And this would start at three. And then every like quarter or every six months, it would go to like three and a half, 3.75, four, four and a half. It would step up. That's a step up bond. And it would end higher than the current rates. And then a step down would be the opposite. It would start higher like at six and go five and a half, five, four and a half, three. Why anyone buy them? I have no fucking idea, but they are. Then we have shit outside the country or non-US markets. You have Euro dollar bonds. Euro dollar bonds straight up are bonds issued by US companies that are issued outside the country, like in London or France or Australia. It doesn't have to be Europe, Japan, whatever they are, we issue them there. Only residents of that, that country can buy them. Citizenship doesn't matter. Residents of that country or whoever can buy them and they pay in US dollars. So it's like if I was Apple and I issued a bond in London, but the interest and principal paid in US dollars, that's a Euro dollar bond. Then a Euro bond is when it's the same thing, but not the US. Like Japanese country, Japanese company issues a bond in Germany, but it pays in yen. So only Germans can buy it, but it pays them in yen. There you go. Okay. A Yankee bond is like a foreign country company in a foreign country issuing a bond in the U.S., but it pays in dollars. So a Yankee bond, Yankee doodle dandy, right? So it's a foreign country company in a foreign country. I'm going to get that. Issuing a bond in the U.S., and it pays in U.S. currency. There you go. Okay. And they are, and remember, anything sold in the U.S. means it's being sold to U.S. investors, which means it probably has to register with the SEC. Now, a sovereign debt, you might have heard that sometimes, sovereign bonds, sovereign debt. Okay, what that is, sovereign bonds are when um, like a foreign government issues bonds, issues bonds. They're usually pretty safe because the credit rating is based on the, on the country. So they're usually pretty safe because the countries can usually print their own money. Boom. So let's talk about money markets a little bit. Money markets. Understand money markets, what are they about? They're safety, short term, a year or less. They're short term debt that's a year or less. Money market securities, money market funds hold money markets. Usually, retail people do not buy money markets. They will buy money market funds, but grandma, grandpa is not buying a money market. They're buying a money market fund, which is a mutual fund that always has a NAV of a dollar, but it's really very safe and they invest in money markets for the most part. But money markets are all these debt that are a year or less. And they're really for like, if you're going to have a big company, say I'm a corporation and I'm doing a merger or a takeover or an acquisition in the next three, six, eight months, I don't want to take risk. So what I'm going to do is put my money in mar money markets to keep them safe. So I know that's where it'll be. So some things are like commercial papers. What's commercial paper? Commercial paper is issued by like financial institutions or corporations when they need money for like nine months. As long as they stay under nine months, they don't have to register with the SEC. Okay, they're 270 days, nine months, less than that. And you buy them at a discount because you remember from the last video, bonds pay every six months. These don't because it's only nine months long. You, you buy it at like, you know, 980 and you get a thousand at the end. Very, that's why grandma doesn't buy them. They're too, you know, they're not sexy. But people who need money, 
institutions that need money to be held very safe, they will buy them. That's commercial paper, not registered. Then we have banker's acceptances. So banker's acceptances are for foreign trade. So let's go with this. So I am, I'm a Japanese exporter. You're a San Francisco importer. You, we arrange that I'm going to send you $20 million worth of cars. You're going to send me the money. Well, I'm not sending the money to you. I'm not sending the cars to you send me the money. And you're not going to send the money till I send you the cars. So we're kind of in a standoff. So what will happen is you'll take, you'll take your 20 million, deposit it at a bank, and it'll say, this is payable when the cars show up in the, in the, uh, in the port. So now I get a piece of paper that says there's $20 million with my name on it, payable in six weeks, say. So I now feel safe sending the cars, okay? Because the money's there, I'm okay, everyone's safe. Bankers' acceptances actually help facilitate foreign trade. I mean, that makes it easier to do that and make it work. But what, do I want to wait six weeks for this money? No. So this is a $20 million piece of paper. This is a $20 million piece of paper to me. So I'll sell it for like 19.9 or 19.8 just to get the money now. I'll sell it to you. You'll pay me $19.9 million. Don't worry, check. You can send the check in the mail. And then in six weeks, you'll get $20 million. So you'll make that money. But I want my money now so I can start building cars quicker. Maybe I can make more money in those six weeks with the money than by waiting. So that's what the banker's acceptance becomes a discount security. Thing. Negotiable CDs. Ah, CDs. What are they? That's like when banks basically take a deposit and hold it for a certain amount of time. Negotiable means that it's actually sell, you can sell it back to the bank. Normal CDs have a period, three, six, year, two years. And you, the only way you're going to get out of them is to go back to the bank and pay a penalty. These don't have a penalty. Negotiable CDs, you put the money in and um, you can sell it back to the bank anytime you want. But if interest rates have gone up since it was issued, you will get less than you put in. If you hold it to maturity, you'll get what you want. But if you want to sell it earlier, you can either make more or less than you put in. Okay. Fed funds. It's a money market, but it's really just what is Fed funds? That is when the what, banks lend money to others for overnight lending. Okay. That's a money market. Okay. Money market funds is a money market. Okay. Repos. Repos. That's when, if you remember from the four tools of the Fed, when the federal government, not the federal government, the Federal Reserve, I say that all the time, the Federal Reserve will buy treasuries from the banks and with an arrangement that the banks will repurchase them two days later or three days later or 30 days later for a little bit more. Like say I buy it from you for a thousand, you're going to buy it back from me in three days for a thousand and one. I just gave you some money to, for the weekend or whatever it was, and you think you can make more money over that time period on that on the money I gave you, then you have to pay me back. So a repurchase agreement, a repo, is when the government, God, I say that, when the Federal Reserve buys treasuries from the banks, and then the banks, with an arrangement that the banks will repurchase them back three or four days later for a little bit of a bump. Okay, another type of bond is convertible bonds. Woo, we won't do the math on this one because I definitely have a bond math video, which I'll put here, that shows you how to do it. So I'm not going to waste your time with that, but we're going to talk about them. Convertible bonds are bonds issued by corporations that can turn into stock whenever you want to. When it's profitable, you would normally do it. But the reason they do that, the reason, the reason companies do that is if I offer you a regular bond, I may have to pay 5 or 6%. But if I had a feature like it's convertible, maybe I don't have to pay you three. 
there you go. And then, and then I just have to give you equity if I need to. So a convertible bond turns into common stock, okay? And what happens is you as the buyer get the best of both worlds. Not only do you get some income, you also get the fluctu fluctu fluctuation, yeah, fluctuation of, of common stock. I'm a stuttering fool. So fluctuation of common stock. So as common stock goes up and down, remember, converts turn into common. So they will move together. Because if you have something that turns into four of these, so if this, this turns into four of these, this will always move. This will always be at four times the price of this. So if this is at 25 and you get four of these with this, this is at 100. If this goes to 50, this will go to 200. This goes to 100, this will go to 400. So the convertible bonds move with the common stock. So they are the most volatile bonds there are. Doesn't matter about interest rates because they move independent of interest rates. Now, if the stock price is really low, then maybe interest rate comes in. But for the most part, convertible bonds are the most volatile because they're time to common stock. They're attached to common stock in a way. The value is, and common stock is pretty much the most volatile security, moves up and down a lot. So convertible bonds turn into common stock. You get the both best of both worlds. You get interest and you get the, and the fluctuation and capital appreciation part of it. So there are times, so remember something. So if I'm a issuer and I issued bond, I'm paying coupon, I'm paying a coupon every year. Maybe I don't want to do that anymore. So there is a situation which we can talk about. I'm not going to go into the math. Again, I have the video for that, where they can do what they call a forced conversion. They don't actually force you to do it. It's just that they're going to call the bonds when, you when you're in a situation where you should convert, where the value of the common stock that you would get if you convert is more than the call price or the market price of the bond. So you would convert. I'm not actually making you convert. I'm just giving you an offer. You can't refuse. Okay. Meaning that I can call it at one price, but if you were to convert it, you would get more. So then you'd not be forced to do it, but it'd be stupid not to. So that's a nice way for a company when they know it works, when an issuer knows that it should be converted, they do a call and they force everyone, everyone to convert. And then nobody keeps their bonds because they convert and now they don't owe the interest anymore and it didn't cost them a dime. All they had to do is print certificates. And that does dilute people. So if you ever hear um, somebody talk about a balance sheet and when they say the fully diluted earnings per share or fully diluted anything, that means they're counting convertibles and warrants and stuff and rights in that shares. Because if we have a million shares, outstanding, and then we have enough convertibles to issue a new, another million shares for free, that's going to dilute all you because there was a million, now there's two. So warrants, rights, stock options, not the ones you buy in the market, but ones like that employees get, and convertible securities all could dilute the market. And keep in mind that if you get it converted, if you do convert, if you convert your bond into stock, it's not a taxable event because you're just turning one into the other. It's not a big deal. Okay, let's talk about a structured products. Okay, so we have a couple of things. One is always think of it this way. Structured products are usually like debt with a derivative to make it act like equity. That's what I think. I always think that it's debt and a derivative that makes it act like equity. It's not exactly, but it's you're basically using some sort of fixed income and some sort of either margin or a derivative to make it replicate another product, which is usually index or equity. So the first one is an ETN. An ETN is an exchange traded note. As far as an investor goes, you would probably not know the difference between an ETF and an ETN. I don't. Like I have ETNs and I have ETFs and they trade the same way. They're attached to an index or a group of stocks like 
If I had FANG stocks, FNG, Facebook, Amazon, Netflix, Google, like that would be an ETN, that what happens is I buy it for like say 50 bucks. And at the end, it's good for, I think it's good till 2038. So in 2038, I will get back my 50 bucks that I put in, plus or minus whatever those four stocks went up and down over that time. So the it is a debt, it has default risk, that's a number one risk, it has market risk, but it, remember, it's still a bond. So the main one is still default risk that the company who issues it will not have the money to pay me, okay? But an ETN trades like a stock, I'm gonna buy it, I'm going to get the interest at the end, so it does not pay any interest until the end. But the market price, since it trades on an exchange, it will trade up and down based on what those stocks do. Okay, so it'll move with it. It'll track the index. So again, you're not knowing the interest rate you're getting. So again, you don't know what you're getting at the end. You're getting you're you're not getting interest during the life of it. So it's not good for someone who needs income. It's and, and it's really not suitable for a lot of people. Because it's hard to explain, right? I mean, I explain it to you and it's probably not great. Understand. So again, it's a product you buy that is considered debt. The interest rate you're going to get is based on what the stocks do or the index attracts, whatever it is, over the life of the product. Now, during the life of it, it will fluctuate based on what those stocks are doing, but there's still default risk. So a reverse convertible is a high risk, high reward kind of short-term product. It's called a reverse convertible, not because it's reverse of a convertible that it goes from common to bonds. It's that instead of you having a choice to convert, there the issuer is going to convert when they decide it's good for them. So at any point during these, you know, during whenever they can allow to do it, there might be dates they can do it, whatever it is, where they're going to take a look at the common stock and the price of the convertible. If at any point the common stock drops below what the bond is worth, okay they're going to convert it and make you take the shares because you're going to be worth, it's going to be cost them less than paying you the thousand dollars. If the price of the stock goes up above the thousand, they're going to let it sit because you're only getting that. But once the price drops, say, say the bonds at a thousand and the value of the stocks you would get, if you convert are 980, they would convert. So now you get $980 worth of stock versus if it's at 1200, they'll just let it go and maybe pay you the thousand instead of the 1200. So that's the problem with is that, that it's riskier because when it goes bad, they will automatically convert you. So what they call that the knock-in level. So if the price goes below what the asset is worth, it's below the knock-in, so that's when they're gonna call you. These are only for investors that can handle the risk, they don't have liquidity needs, and they understand the product. This is really not for um, for people who are conservative. A, and that's the end of corporate stuff, okay? That's corporate bonds. I mean, I've done the basics. I did this. I promise I'll have the convertible link in the video somewhere. Guys, thanks a lot for joining in. Hope it wasn't too long and too boring and I didn't, you know, put you to sleep. Next is Muni's baby. Muni's baby. Muni's baby.